The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Welcome back to another episode of Being Bumo. Today I have my dear friend, supermodel, advocate, entrepreneur, and all around an amazing mama and human being, Coco Rocha. Most of you may know her for her modeling work where she has appeared on numerous of campaigns and commercials and covers of Bogues and every magazine you could think of. But what I love about Coco is she is much more than a pretty face. She started to advocate for young girls in the modeling industry, which ultimately led to some controversial situations for her. But she did not care as she knew she had to use her voice and her platform for good. She now is the founder of Nomad Management and also Coco Rocha Model Camp, which teaches girls everything they need to know about becoming a model. And it has much more to do than just posing and looks. A lot of it act a lot of it actually has to do with self-image. And that is why I brought her on today to talk about a subject I feel really, really strong. And that is why I brought her on today to talk about a subject that I feel really strongly about, which is raising kids with a healthy self-image. A lot of it has to do with self-image. And that is why I brought her on today to talk about a subject I feel really strongly about, which is raising kids with a healthy self-image. Look, we live in a digital era and there's a lot of pressure out there from social media to friends. I mean, there's a lot of things out there that can actually really damage and hurt a kid's self-image. So today we are going to be talking about navigating tricky conversations about beauty, skin color, fat shaming, and other external things with our little ones, and also how to teach them how to have a healthy self-image themselves. With that said, here's our conversation. Coco Rocha, welcome to- Thank you. It is so lovely to see you. I do not remember the last time we saw each other (laughs) physically. I feel like, were you in Milan when everything went down? Because that's where I was. You went on to Paris, if I'm correct. Yes, I- that's right. So I did see you at Paris. That was the last I, time I, I saw left you. in Milan. I was like, something's happening. So I booked it once Milan. And then I remember a few of you were like, oh, we're going to go to Paris. <laughs> I was like, ah, I'm going to go. But yeah, yeah, that was the last time I saw you. That was crazy times. But look, we are here. We're, mm-hmm. we're just, we're healthy and well, and that's all we can ask for. And we're here on the podcast together. And I'm personally really excited about this because you and I, we've been friends for a while. And, you know, I think we've kind of known each other pre-kids and then like during kids. And then now you have three kids and I have two kids and this <laughs> life is so different. And I just yeah. have a million questions for you. But um, this topic specifically is something that is really close to my heart, which is raising kids with a really healthy self-image. And you and I are both in this world of fashion and beauty and you know, it's our everyday lives. And I think it's kind of hard to navigate at times. So I personally have a lot of questions for you on how you're navigating it. But before we jump into that, just as an icebreaker question, I would love for you to share 
a memorable, like your most memorable parenting moment that you will never forget? There's probably so many, but I was trying to think of one that was just so good for what we're talking about. And it has to do with Ioni, my oldest. She's now six, but when she was two, she got to walk down Jean-Paul Gaultier's runway with me. And I was I pregnant, remember with that. My, pregnant with my second, Ivor. And she did a fabulous job. It was fun. We had the greatest times. This season next, after that, she got to sit and watch the show at Jean-Paul Gaultier uh, as I did the runway. And she went backstage and Jean-Paul was like, did you love it? Was it great? You know, truly like pumping her up. And she was like, yeah. It was okay. Not as good as my season. Like fully was like committed to giving him her true opinion. And I mean, like him being him was like, yes, I understand. Like, <laughs> like this is a credit for sure to, you know, take what she had to say into consideration. So that to me has always been something that I'm like, remember the time you told Gautier that you kind of sort of didn't really like the show and she's like yes well my show is the best well look you want an honest answer you ask a Got kid it. and exactly. she or he will give you the honest answer <laughs> I love the series that you do I think it's on TikTok or maybe it's on Instagram too but where Ioni is rating and talking about your your covers yeah and I mean she does not hold back which I love no <laughs> yes she's, and also she she knows that TikTok and Instagram and all these platforms, there's a space for humor. So she thinks she's, she is funny, but then she really thinks like, I have to like give you some funny antidotes of your covers. And it's kind of, I, I can just see her little head trying to find something really hilarious to talk about in the end. I'm like, that's fun. I, I <laughs> love to ham it up. So you are a mother of three now, a model, you're still an active model, founder and owner of Nomad Model Management and Coco Rocha Model Camp, and also an investor for Bumo. And on top of that, you are constantly creating all this brilliant content for your millions of followers. I'm trying to wrap my head around how your daily schedule looks like, but how do you fit all of that in one day? Do you have any like tips and tricks that you do? I love that you're like asking me because I remember specifically early in TikTok, like when everything shut down, I went to you being like, how do you do it? And how are you constantly giving like this fun, interesting facts on TikTok and like what is happening. And you gave me this, the advice of just like taking a, a moment or a time and just, you know, creating content. So sometimes it's, well, what I'm trying to answer is it's scheduling. And I think every mom and parent can uh, definitely attest to that is planning a day and, you know, sticking to it. We have sort of ranges of what the day should look like, like in the morning, of course, uh, who eats first, certain children wake up before others, mm. getting them dressed. And then we're kind of at that point where if we do a little bit of like, still a bit of homeschooling stuff to get them, you know, their brains going. After that, everyone knows their like routine. You don't ask for iPads. This is what you get to do at this point. You know, iPad time is at this point. We get an outing at this point. So through that, I have that planned out. In between all that, the day might change. Mm. In between all that, I might have work. I might have Zoom meetings, but I know like the kids routine is pretty stable. Of course, if we travel like we did vacation or going off for work, it slightly changes. But I like to give them the routine because honestly, this year has been so crazy. There was yeah. no routine. And I think they've definitely 
appreciated that I like right now it's five o'clock. I know for a fact they went to grandma right now. I was like, it's five o'clock. It's iPad time. Like they know their routine. And I am thankful for that. It's just us. Sometimes our routines change so drastically, which can be very confusing for them. So I'm assuming that you have really clear boundaries and like you've created these boundaries of like, okay, this is iPad time. This is like mommy's work time. This is like whatever time. Was that hard to stick through during COVID or was it something that you've always done? We actually created it for COVID. But before, Mm. I don't think we really had a true schedule. Uh, Again, like, you know, we don't have normal job. So yeah. you know, all of a sudden they call the night before and say, Hey, you're doing this. Uh, it's finally confirmed, or you need to create this video for this certain company. So it's always been a little up in the air. This was supposed to be Ioni's first year of kindergarten. And then of course we held back. She was homeschooled at home. We didn't, uh, and that's AKA me. Um, <laughs> and so that's why we had to be structured because now we had a proper schooling. We had to fulfill that for her. And so it made more sense for everyone to have that. But yeah, before that, we didn't. So I could say, you know, the silver lining out of all this was that the kids have sort of normalcy through it all, which before it was kind of like, oh, we wake up. What do we want to do today? Mommy has a day off sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think it's safe to say that we all kind of look at each other like, oh my God, this person is doing so much. How is she doing it? But the truth is that we're just all kind of, figuring it out as we go. Like when you messaged me, I was like, girl, I don't know. I'm just like, (laughs) I just like do all my content in like one day and I batch it out. And like, that's what I do. Right. But like, again, you're a mom, like knowing like mom schedule and everything. I was like, how is she kicking it? Like, she's just going for it, which it did kick me in the butt being like, I can do more, Mm -hmm, which is great. mm -hmm. Like you're just saying like, we can look at each other and be like, Hey, what's she doing? What's he doing? But that does also motivate us to then like increase or do better. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, you and I, like one of our, I guess, positions and job titles is being a content creator. So we have to have that content ready to go. And like, you don't want to be kind of sitting there for like two hours out of your day, creating that content or thinking about that Mm -hmm. content. So what I do, which I think you do too now, you will just like, I will just have Like my day was yesterday. So I had, I think it was about four hours where I just created content. I edited it and I literally created 10 TikTok yesterday and got 10 IG posts ready. Now I don't have to do anything in regards to social. And so that is just a a small example of batching, whether it be like food preparation or Mm -hmm. Con, like I just look at everything in like a batched way. So, you know, that's just kind of what I do. I don't know if you have any like thoughts and tips around, you know, that. Well, I, I just think of that saying where they say, if you want something done, ask a busy person to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do believe the busiest people are parents. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like when I, James and I, like, for example, I had a job in the city, like a the old fashioned job as in shooting as a model. And I had a few minutes before and I was like, let's get a coffee and have breakfast. We sat down like, wow, life was so easy just to sit at a restaurant. Like I'm not (laughs) anyone watching this must be like, you're ridiculous. But I could not believe how calm and like I could think. And I was like, what did we do with our time? And yet I feel like we didn't accomplish anything. And then having kids, for some reason, we all like decided, Hey, you know what we should do? Really work. 
do everything at the same time, constantly going, which I think, and I'm sure you, you agree, your daughters probably look at you and go, mommy is like, she's on it. She takes care of us, but she's also so good at all these other things. She's a boss and don't grow up being like, yeah, we're not, we're not ever going to be lazy. We never had a lazy mom in our day, but she was always focused on taking care of us. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it as well. Like they're going to look at this and be like, you were busy, but you were busy taking care of us as well. And we were along for the ride doing everything with you. Yeah. I love that. I, I forgot who it was, but there was, I was listening to some podcasts and there was some like really big, like executive and they interviewed the kid and the kid was like, Oh, had no recollection that their, their parent was like this big executive, but they were just like, Oh yeah. Like he's never missed a soccer practice of mine. Mm -hmm. And that's like how kids view their parents. And so for me, I'm like, that is so, so important. Even though I run like this huge fast paced life. And so do you, like, I don't want my kids at any point to be like, Oh, she was too busy because her her work or her job. Mm Like I will go that extra mile so I can be that present parent. I feel like you're the same because my God, like all these trips I go on to and I see you with all the kids. I'm like, wow, she really, she could have brought them at home, mm-hmm. but she brought the whole fam. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're going to Cannes in a few days and we're bringing everybody. And I know it's going to be chaos because Cannes is like all through the night you're doing events and parties. And then through the day you get to sleep it off a little and off you go again. Whereas we will not, we will be waking up at five for Eileen and starting the day. But I, I was thinking of, you know, talking about the example you just gave. I remember talking to Iman, who was married to the late David Bowie, and how her daughter did not know what her dad did, like mm. till later in life, because he was a stay at home dad and just like through and through took care of his child. And it was funny, the story she would tell about just like how this this girl would look around and like, what is happening? (laughs) Why is this happening? And he would kind of shrug it off sort of thing. And I, not that I'm David Bowie, I I mean, iconic, but I see sometimes Ioni going like, why is things like model camp? Mm. Why do they come to you? I don't understand why these girls need to come to see you. And I'm like, well, you know. A model and she understands it, but she also just doesn't get this severe, like how, the level, I guess. Yeah. And that, that's great. So Ioni was at a, a, her ballet recital. This was again, pre-COVID and the little kids just started saying to her, her like your mom, she's that famous model. And she's like, oh, I don't know. Like she really wasn't, she didn't even care what they were talking about. She didn't like look at me surprised. Like what? She was like, oh, oh this mom like mm-hmm. her it was nothing and also to explain it off she just was like mom does a talent show she's just she's in this talent show so I uh, again we don't focus on it like she understands and I don't hide it either but mm-hmm. it's just not something that's like you, I just want to showcase be really good at what you do yeah and I guess I'm really good at what I do that's why I teach the girls what I know that's incredible I think that's a really good lesson which also kind of segues into what we're about to talk about because I get that sometimes and not at the level that you probably get it at, but I get it where it's like, oh, you're that girl on TikTok. You're the ki- your mom is a rich mom. And I'm like, oh God, like, how do I navigate this? Right. And so that really made me kind of, I, I started looking around to see like what, how people kind of in this situation would do. Cause it's one thing if you put yourself out there, but it's another thing if like your daughter is getting these questions from strangers, right. So, you know, I think I started to switch it as versus like, oh, 
like a lot of people follow me or a lot of people know who I am. It's more of like the craft in itself of like, you know, being able to be a creator and doing something that you love, which is kind of the conversation that I have with her now mm-hmm. is that, yeah, I love what I do. And a lot of people appreciate what I do and that's how they know me. And yeah. so I don't know what kind of conversation yeah. you have with Ioni, but is it kind of similar? It is. Yeah. I mean, like she, cause when the girls come from to model camp, sometimes Ioni will be there and they will say like, what's it like to be you know, the daughter of Coco, she's just like, what's happening? And so in those moments, I'll even explain to the girls, like she, uh, she gets it, but she's also, uh, she just sees that mummy is mummy and mm. let's leave it at that. So even explaining to the people around you that it's not a big deal. Like even the fact that these people think it's a big deal, it shouldn't be, yeah. you know, a person is a person and treat them with respect and kindness and yes, be good at what you do. And that's all that matters. So I even tell Ioni, and I think we will probably discuss this, but I, she knows now that I'm in a space where it's about beauty and mm. fashion and how you look. And there's a word in this house we're never allowed to use is ugly or fat. Mm. Uh, and uh, maybe a generational thing and no, nothing against my mom or my, my the women in my life, but that generation very much so had in their head, like my mom never told me I was ugly, but you know, her looking at herself in the mirror and saying like, oh, I don't feel beautiful or I feel ugly or I feel fat or talking about another woman that way. Uh, had I done another job, maybe I wouldn't have been so censored on these words, but because what I do, th- those things pop up quite often in the public. And it's, it's very sensitive to me. They know that we may never talk that way about ourselves, about someone else. And if she does say like how to explain another person by saying, oh, they're big or fat, we then have to sit down and be like, okay, the words are not that we're going to use other words to describe, but it sounds to a lot of people like my mom sometimes like, this is a lot. And I'm like, (laughs) it isn't because it's, it's what I'm around. It is, we'll talk this way to each other and we need to be sensitive. So telling her that although my job comes across, like it's about beauty, it's way more than that. And I tell her like, as long as you try, as long as you try to be really good at what you do, I don't care if you fail. I don't care if it's wrong, but you tried, that's all that matters. So that's the the verbiage and the words that come out in this house. I love Um, that much about how we look, but how did we get to that? So the other day, my daughter, Chloe, asked me what my favorite memory was as a kid. And I had to show her this little journal that I've had since I was in middle school. Yes, my mom saved all of my journals. I'm sure she read all of them too. God bless her. As I was always kind of an introverted kid growing up, I would spend most of my days reading and journaling, and I still do. But one day, my teacher told me that I should enter a writing competition. And honestly, I was so surprised. I was not confident at all in myself or my writing abilities. And I just wasn't sure if it was for me, but I trusted her and she really, really pushed me. And guess what, guys? I won the competition. Since then, my confidence level skyrocketed. I was never confident in myself or my writing, but something about being able to create something of my own and be recognized for it just really helped with my confidence level. 
Anyways, our childhood experiences impact who we are today, just like our investment in childhood education. I mean, come on, I started a blog 10 years ago, which was essentially all writing, thanks to my teachers who saw this in me before I even knew I had it in me. So why not gift your young innovators, your kids, some super cool STEAM projects to nurture their curiosity and exploration outside the classroom. So I recently worked on a project with Chloe from KiwiCo, and that was the arcade claw from their Kiwi crate. It included all the materials that we needed to make our own arcade claw game with pom-pom prizes. I mean, how cool was that? I was an arcade nerd growing up, so I was super excited about this, probably a little bit more than Chloe. From the claw guide to the bolt to the connector, to even the wrench, everything was included. All the materials are super high quality and the step-by-step instruction made it easy to follow along. And honestly, the most memorable part of it all was the conversation and the memories that Chloe and I made together while making this project together. It was challenging enough where we had to focus and figure things out together as a team, but at the end, her confidence level of being able to create something from scratch was so incredible to see. And it really reminded me of my writing days of when I won that competition. She just lit up and was so proud as she was showing it off to my parents and everyone around her. Whenever people came over, she wanted to show them this project that she created. This was Chloe's first crate, but we already ordered more because we are addicted and she just cannot stop talking about creating something again from scratch. And not to mention the value of these boxes are pretty incredible and really, really amazing. And look, we're all parents here. I get it. It's so hard to keep them creative and busy and screen free while stretching their brains, especially nowadays. But KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can spend more quality time tackling projects together. Everything your child needs for their project is included in every crate so that they can get started right away. Crates include one to two larger projects or two to three smaller projects tied together by an engaging theme. And there's something for kids of all ages. And honestly, the best part of it all is watching their confidence grow as big as their smiles while they're working on the project. Everything is shipped right to your door and there's no commitment so you can pause or cancel at any time. With KiwiCo, there's something for every kid every month Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com slash bumo. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash bumo. This perfectly goes into the topic that we're about to go into, which is how we're teaching our kids to have healthy images of themselves, right? And so for you, I'm assuming one of them is like these words, these specific words are not allowed in the house. And this is why. And if you do want to use these words, this is why you shouldn't use them. And this, this is how to say it. Right. So is that like kind of your number one, you would say? Number one. It's just, again, when I have people coming to me, especially if it's on the street and I'm not saying I'm, I'm like some Beyonce, but especially if someone's coming on the street in New York city and be like, Oh my goodness, you're Coco. You're so gorgeous. You're so fabulous and walk on. And I only keeps hearing that. Gorgeous and beautiful to her will be how you are successful. Uh, maybe still not understanding exactly what I'm doing. Like she gets it, but I still don't think she gets the full understanding. So if she just keeps hearing that, she'll be like, well, guess what? I have to be beautiful and gorgeous and that's it. Um, and I remember when I, 
this just reminded me of James and I, before we had kids, I kept telling this one little girl that I would babysit. Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, look at you, your little pigtail. So cute. So pretty. So cute. And he was, and then the little boy would be like, Oh, look at you. And I wouldn't necessarily say always handsome, but I would tell him like, what a good boy. What a, you did such an amazing Mm. job. He was like, isn't it weird that like girls, it's always about looks and boys. We don't necessarily think about that, but more like big boy, strong boy. And I was like, I can't believe I'm doing that. And he was like, maybe just tell her something else. So when I thought, when we have kids, that was something very much on my mind because I just didn't want her to ever go, if I'm not pretty enough, I guess I'm not going to be good enough. Our looks had nothing to do with how successful yeah. we are. Even as models, guess what, guys? Even as models, it doesn't matter if I have the cheekbones. It doesn't matter if I have the right nose, the right height, because in the end, it all it flux. Everyone yeah. will look at fashion and beauty and go, that's not beautiful today. And that is. So for her to know that that does not matter to me really meant a lot. And I keep talking about Ioni, but she's the six-year-old. I have a three-year-old and a seven-month-old. So they don't even know what's going on. <laughs> but one day we'll have the same sort of conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, I 1000% agree. Mine is, which kind of goes off of what you're saying, because I always wear makeup wherever I go. Like I, I just love makeup. I wear makeup to go do pickups. I wear makeup whenever I can, especially during COVID. I was like, I'm going to put on makeup, right? Yeah. But then what started happening, and I guess this is my first tip with like whole this, this whole self-image is that she started associating beauty with makeup. And okay. so whenever I went to go see people, she would say, oh, you look so beautiful. And I'm like, oh, but I feel beautiful when I don't have makeup either. But she's not getting that from me because she is assuming and associating that when I go out to meet other people, then I put on makeup so I could look beautiful for them. So then mm-hmm. what I started doing was I started actually, like I'll also put on makeup because I love makeup um, and it's what I do. But then I started also being more intentional of like going to places without makeup. And I will also tell her then, oh, I feel so beautiful today. Like I'll just randomly be like, oh, I feel so, like I, I feel so beautiful today. And she'll be like, you have no makeup on though. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. I feel, I feel beautiful. And that's what matters. And so I've been trying to associate the word beautiful, as you mentioned, not necessarily with this kind of external image of having like fabulous clothes or a lot of makeup on. It's more about how you feel. So I will intentionally do that now where I just like go without makeup and I'll be like, I'm so beautiful. And she'll be like, okay, I get it. <laughs> like, I got it, mom. We got, got it, it, mom. <laughs> yeah, with our, when I put on makeup, I never really had Ioni say, well, she would ask like, why do you put it on? For sure. Yeah, I guess she does. And I pretty much just say, it's fun. It's like art. And I just like to, to play with art. Just like you put on clothes every day that are different and you tell a, a story. That's kind of my thing. So when she comes in at that point and is like, oh, you're wearing makeup. And I remember my mom's like, I would go and be like, can I wear makeup? And she'd be like, no, 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 you're beautiful enough already, which then would make me think, oh, so you have to put it on because you don't think you're beautiful enough. Mm. So whenever I only now says like, can I put on? I'm like, yeah, go get your lip gloss. Let's put on some like whatever it is. You barely can see it. But just for her to be like, I'm part of the experience of playing with art. I love that. Um, instead of me saying, no, you can't. Because again, 
why am I wearing it? It isn't to sexualize myself. It isn't to, and you know, uh, I don't know, have people look at me even more so because that would be weird. So I'm putting it on because it's just a way of expression, right. I believe. And yes, do you sometimes feel a little more put together? Yeah. Why not? Just like uh, some shirts and some clothing, I feel better more than others, but mm. I'll still put on the other stuff too. So yeah, we, I realized that not every time does she get to, because I'm in no joke. I'm like, and she's like, let's put makeup on. I'm like, not now. We've got to go. We've got to get in that car. But most of the time, if she catches me, because she's not always that interested, but when she was very little, she was very much like, oh, cool. So we put on a shiny stick, a little lip gloss. I'm like, awesome, cool. And she would always... At really, I would say Ira's age, um, she would always be like, can I put your makeup on? So I would like hike my, my jeans or hike my, my pants. And then she'd start like scraping on, like scraping it hurt. Um, <laughs> anything, any product on my legs. And I had to leave it. So I would then put my pants back down. Like, oh my goodness. Thank you. And then off we'd go. So then I would have all these like markings <laughs> under my pants, but she felt like she helped in putting the look together. And I also like this concept of not putting such an emphasis on makeup because I feel like sometimes when you do that and you're like, oh no, you can't put on makeup until you're 18 years old or 13 years old, whatever that is, you're almost like putting more attention on it, right? Where if you let them kind of, and again, to each its own, everyone has their own kind of uh, philosophies and things that work for them and do whatever works for you. But I do the same with my girls because I can't, hide the makeup, like literally my entire bathroom had like, it, it's a, it's a Sephora, right? Like yeah. I can't hide that. And so it's almost normalizing that. Oh yeah. It's not, a, it's not a big deal. It's just makeup. Like yeah. have fun with it. It's fine. Do you yeah. need to wear it out every day? No, but yeah. it's not a big deal if you want to try it out here and there. Right. Yeah. No, I, again, because I think my job is to wear it all the time. So I like wearing it like you, I'm like, take me, you know, Starbucks, I'm going to wear some makeup, yeah. but today we went for a bike ride. It's not the first important thing to me. I won't have it on, but they've, I wouldn't say maybe early on, I only did recognize like, Ooh, makeup. Ooh, can I, now she's kind of, eh, which goes to exactly what you're saying. Had I been the, the parent, I was like, no, no, this is mommy's job. This is, this is just for mommy. I bet you we'd still have these conversations daily about, Hey, can I wear your makeup? So now it isn't literally mm. topic of conversation. Like I said, once in a while, she'll come into the bathroom, see me like, Hey, can I help you? Or can I have? So yeah, yeah. I really believe that. I think that will happen in many different forms and different conversations. And it's how we make it such a taboo thing, whatever that thing is. Mm. Yeah. I, I remember being like, wait, that's so bad. Can I have that then? You know? Exactly. So, Exactly. I'm sure I'm going to have to, na- we're going to have to navigate the world of social media when they're a little older, um, mm-hmm. because that's a whole conversation and situation in itself. But yeah, I mean, these are things that we are just going to face and you just kind of learn as you go. This podcast is brought to you by Athleta, a performance lifestyle brand for women committed to unlocking their limitless potential. The guiding principle that drives every design beauty, innovation, and sustainability. Each style is crafted for the unique needs of the female bodies in motion. This summer, Athleta is your go-to short destination. Distraction-free and ultra-lightweight, their shorts are designed so nothing can get in the way of you and your goals. From bike shorts to Bermudas, run shorts to everyday staples, they have your shorts. 
My personal favorite pair has been the Trekkie North Short because one, they're incredibly chic and two, they have such amazing stretch and three, they have lots of pockets, which I need because I carry a lot of things around. In honor of short season, Athleta is encouraging us to lead with our legs, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's running a new PR, climbing to new heights, or standing up for what you believe in. Let your legs lead you forward. I've been wearing my Trekkie North shorts nonstop. I've been going hiking a lot lately, and I just love the fact that it just feels so free, and I'm able to just run, walk, chase my kids as fast as I can, and it just allows me to run, walk, or chase my kids as fast as I can, all while looking chic doing it. Summer is a time to celebrate the legs that move us forward. Find your new favorite pair of shorts at Athleta and let your legs lead the way. Visit Athleta. Athleta in stores or online at athleta.com to shop their full range of shorts available in sizes extra, extra small to triple X. I don't know if you have any other tips as far as self-image, how to raise kids with healthy self-image of themselves. Well, everything that I teach at Model Camp is pretty much about like just a healthy attitude in this industry that too many of them come in with this thought that Models are just to show up, look beautiful. And as long as they hit that quota and have that hand on hip, done. I did my job for today. And a lot of them realize that that's not the case. Uh, And a lot of them want to almost copy what they see, right? Mm. So a a quote that I love is don't be a second rate version of someone else. And I think that that's the same thing applies for any kid. Like stop copying, stop thinking just because you see your friends doing it, that it's the only way to do it, or it's the most successful way, or that you'll be cool because you do it. I literally feel like sometimes at camp, I am talking to like my children because it is the same conversations we're having, whether it is, I want to be a top successful model, or I just want to be a successful child. Mm. It's the same conversation. It isn't about the outer appearance. And if you think that's all that matters as a model, then you're going to be shocked and surprised that you are not going to be successful. So whatever children decide to be, just because they think, I don't know, I come from a family that is well-known. I am a beautiful human. Mm. That all of this outer appearance stuff matters. Those are usually the the success rate is less. Mm. Unless it is someone that goes, I believe in myself. I believe that even though my path is very different from everyone else, I will thrive. I will do good. I think those children and those, those people are usually the ones that have almost like prove a point that the way I am, the way I want to do things is going to happen. Almost like embracing not what is already out there and what they think is successful, but like their differences, right? Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, I think we have this conversation daily in this industry about diversity not being embraced enough. Although again, I've been modeling almost 19 years now, diversity has changed drastically in Mm -hmm. all the categories, but can it improve for sure? So the same thing applies. Like a a child looks at themselves outerly and goes, I don't like this about me. I don't like that about me. I hate this. Well, where's that coming from? Probably because they've heard from somewhere, a friend or a friend. And that's the other scary thing. They're hearing it from a friend. Those kids, or I'm, I'm assuming, my six-year-old is not on social media. She's on little like kids' YouTube video, but it's not social media. So where are they getting from? But is it other parents? Is it mm. someone else 
telling them. So for them to have this understanding that I'm okay to be different. In fact, that should be celebrated, that I should be so empowered that I am me. Like there is no other. And I keep saying this, but this is literally what I say at camp. There is no other you, except that there will be people that look at you and go, wow, I'm so thankful that you stand for me. Mm. So whoever that is, for whatever reasons, just someone looks at you and goes, oh, this is refreshing. I see me. So hopefully our children can look at ourselves and go, or themselves and go, I love me. Like I am, yeah. a, I am a nerd and high five for, for me, for being all of that. I'm so successful at being that. I um, love that. Yeah. For me, at least with Chloe, cause um, Ioni and Chloe are the same age. Chloe is also six now. Okay. So this one's going in a little deep and, but you kind of mentioned it earlier with your first point, which the words fat and ugly that are not allowed. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is generational, right? Like our parents didn't know better. Like they just did not know this language can be damaging and hurtful Mm -hmm. and, you know, God bless them, but that is what they were taught as well for our family, because we are of Asian heritage, specifically Korean. This is just Asian beauty standard. This is not coming from me, but this is just Asian beauty standard. They love milky white skin. Like, and it goes way back into ancient times of the farmers worked out in the field. The farmers had darker skin and royalty did not see the sun and they were indoors. So they were fair skin. Right. And so it has been passed down for so many generations of that white skin means your royalty and dark skin means you're a farmer, right? And that has kind of passed down to, oh, now present day, oh my goodness, your child has such beautiful skin. Like she's so mm-hmm. pale and white. And like, that is a conversation that we hear as Asian Americans from our parents, right? Yeah. And so what happens when you give birth to a child that is a lot tanner, right? Mm-hmm. Like my daughter, Chloe, she has the most gorgeous, like sun-kissed bronze skin, just a California dream, right? But because my parents, they praised my youngest daughter so much of her milky white skin without realizing it, right? And not that they were saying, oh, your skin is ugly. They would mm-hmm. never say that, but they they were not saying what they were saying to Colette with the milky yeah. white skin. And so kids pick these things up. So my daughter started to recognize that she was not getting that praise from my parents. So she started associating her skin was, she wanted to be white, basically. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be lighter. And so that like bothered me so, so much. So I had to like sit my parents down and I had to have this conversation of them like, of okay, that talk of skin color, I know you guys don't mean any harm, but it has to go. You guys have to drop that. It's causing did, more harm than you did think. that conversation go? Were they like shocked? They're like, what? what? What do you mean? Like, we didn't mean it that way. And I'm like, exactly. You guys didn't mean it that way. But these are the things that we all have to realize. Words do matter. Like words do affect people and it affects especially kids. And that's how, where they develop their confidence, their what they know of the world. And so they, they're they great and they totally agree and they understand now. But that that is a story. 
Did they ever kind of mess up? Like, did they go? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so is it still a work in progress or do they have it? Are they like stopping it? It's a lot better. now. I mean, I had this conversation right when Colette was born and she's almost okay. three now. And so it's yeah. been three years in the making. So we, we've gotten it down pretty well, but there are yeah. moments where I would catch them, but they, they catch themselves more, more than anything now, which is great. So we've made tons of progress since. But that that story of what you said in the beginning of they can't use those specific words reminded mm-hmm. me of, you know, this conversation that I had to have with my parents, which was kind of difficult, actually. I mean, uh, my, so James's dad, so the, the kids are quarter Indian. So they come, um, his dad is from Kerala, India. Mm-hmm. And so he's dark skin. And so when he gets in the sun, of course, he darkens. And Ioni, uh, just being a kid, is always like, huh, so like he gets very dark skin. He's darker than us. I have very white skin. And I'm always very sensitive. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean by that? Like, do you like, do you mean you have white and you're just explaining it? Or have you heard something that that's mm-hmm. said? Like, I'm so sensitive on that subject. So I'm I'm trying to let her like word it. But then the moment she tries to just explain, I'm like, huh, I'm going to cut this down. So I'm like, kids, I, as much as I, I see sometimes these videos where people are like kids don't see skin color, they don't understand. It's what they're raised. I'm like, they, yes, to a point. And then they do, they for sure notice. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, how do we, when she says that, like grandpa has very dark skin. And I'm like, what, what do you mean by that? Like they do notice. So now I do have to explain something and talk and have a conversation. But sometimes I think people go, it's, it's taboo. Why do you need to talk? I'm like, well, it's just to like let her know why do we have yeah. it was this your grandpa's descendant and yet you don't look like grandpa and it was shocking because we were in Paris maybe even that last time and grandpa was watching them he's pushing down this was the first time this ever happened and we're like wow do we have to think about this he's pushing Ivor in the little scroller Ioni's on his back and he it was a, it was summertime so he was very dark and all of a sudden a woman pulls Ioni off of his back and screaming in French. And it was pretty much like, are you okay? Are you okay? And Ioni has no clue what this woman is doing and why she's holding him. But grandpa knows a bit of French and realized, oh, she thinks I've stolen these kids because he doesn't look like them. And they're, they're as pale as me, well, a little darker, but pale as me. And so they, this woman just freaked out and thought a man stole the children. And to have it explain, have to explain that to Ioni was mm. such a weird conversation. And I know Grandpa was just being Grandpa, be like, "Oh, well, they think you were stolen because Grandpa's darker, and some people don't." I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We really have to have a, a like, we have to think about what we're going to say because this <laughs> we is need something. to plan this out." Like, yeah, plan this yeah. out. And again, is it a generational thing? Are we overthinkers? I don't know. But I was like, we need to sit and discuss what that meant. And how this could happen again and how she needs to respond. She didn't respond. She just kind of got doughy eyed. And the woman even re- read into that going, oh, yeah, she is stolen. It was one of those where I was like, I mean, you probably have to say this is my grandpa. And will we have these moments again? I have no idea. So it is it, it has been a conversation in our family. And I always am aware of those sort of things. And again, I thought like when I read how to be a parent, the, the, this was one conversation was like, kids don't see color. They don't, they're just going to, it's whatever it's around. So I was one of those parents who like, let her observe, let her see. But then now I'm like, I think we need somewhat to have these conversations. Yeah. It isn't an outsider saying something. I mean, I 1000% agree with you because in the beginning, when 
Chloe was very, very young. I would have probably assumed that she doesn't see color either because I ha- she hasn't had those interactions. She was like way too much of a baby to even understand what was going on. But mm-hmm. now that she's in kindergarten, it is very, very apparent that kids do see color. Mm-hmm. And it does not mean that it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? There, It's like light, dark, white, mm-hmm. brown, black. Yeah, like, but mm-hmm. it's our job to make sure that they understand that, you know, it's all okay. It's all, everyone is different. It doesn't mean that one is better than the other. And I think normalizing these conversations is so, so important. I know it's super awkward. Like it was super awkward for me too, but they do see color. It's very, very apparent. So I think you're spot on with that whole grandpa situation. Well, I mean, like we train them to uh, identify colors and numbers and letters. So to say that, but yet they can't identify, you know, one person's skin to another's. And I do remember before COVID, Ioni has a, a beautiful friend that she's Spanish descent. And so again, in the sun, she gets darker and Ioni was observing that. And so I would say, hey, Ioni, isn't that fantastic? Like when she goes in the sun, she can just glow. And I would say in front of the friend, I'm like, us, we have to wear hats. <laughs> and I was like, but isn't that fantastic? Because I wanted her to hear like, before you go to school, before you start hearing the noise of everyone else, like, look how gorgeous she is and look how fantastic and look at how great you are. So it's coming from me as like this positive space. But again, I think I'm so aware of it because the models feedback, what they hear about people saying with the color of their skin, their height, their age, their weight. It's just insane that adults are acting like this to one another. So most definitely a child is going to hear this. And I want her to be the, I definitely don't want to be the bully. I want her to be the person that can stand up, not just observe and say, that's not right, but to actually go forward and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now I want you to be the protector. And hopefully get that. And I think that is such a good reflection of your career as well of like how you've been able to kind of navigate this modeling world. Because I remember specifically when you were kind of called out as a model because you were the model that had the voice, you were speaking out about things that most models were not supposed to talk about. And you were, I remember at one point, like blacklisted. Do you feel okay talking about that? Yeah, (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, There was definitely uh, a moment in my career, a few moments in my career where I started to feel more comfortable talking. And this is before social media. We sound like grandmas, but before social media, I had MySpace and Facebook. And I was asked by Anna Winter, the editor-in-chief of American Vogue, to, to speak on behalf of a model's perspective or speak as a model in the perspective of a model in Fashion Week in New York. So I spoke in front of all of the designers of CFDA. And there I was just discussing like how it felt, how it was hard, how this double zero was just insane. And that I was having a hard time with the pressures of body image. And I even spoke out that I had just stopped using diuretic pills and that I had just lost my period. So I was very vocal Mm -hmm. at that beginning part. Um, And sure enough, I realized Yes, some didn't care. And others were like, wow, we should do something. So because I had sort of her blessing to go ahead and speak, I felt more and more comfortable. Then social media really kind of came around and people were saying, whoa, stop using that tool. That's not useful to a model. In fact, 
keep using it, you'll probably lose a career. And not only did I use it, I started to speak out a little more on it and felt way more comfortable. Did I lose some clients? Yes. So was I blacklisted by some? Sure. But did I want to work with them because they didn't align themselves with me? No, just like I'm sure there's clients that you have in the past been like, I don't feel like we should work together. Mm. That's a personal choice. So if they don't want to work with me, I'll be okay. That'd be it. Yeah. Um, uh, and I started then talking publicly about some of the, the bigger predators in the industry. And that's where I started to notice the pressure of like, whoa, watch what you're saying. Be mm. mindful. People started saying your career is tanking. That's why you're talking because you just can't accept it. And so you're going to be violently attacking people about anything and everything, which most models hear that. If you come out at that time uh, that there was a predator and name anything, this was eight years before the Me Too movement and people saying, now, now, girl, that was probably your fault. Now, did you lead him on? Are you sure? That's probably your fault because again, you, your career is, you know, going down the, the, the toilet. So hearing that constantly, that kind of made me go, I'm not really into <laughs> changing this industry anymore. Even though we had already changed the laws of underage model in 2013, it still was realizing that the industry didn't want to hear it. So I thought I'll change my little corner, which was creating my modeling agency and showcasing that management. If it was just done a little bit better, models would have better careers and they would actually enjoy their life. Now I'm not saying we do it hundred percent correct, but we have done a really good job of making sure model is the focus, not the client. And if the model has anything that needs saving, protecting, or just help yeah. that they would for sure get it from this safe place, which is their agency. So um, when the movement happened and the uh, industry finally decided to make some basic changes, which is removing some of these shady people, I was happy about it, but it was kind of one of those moments where it was a little too late. Like, yeah. uh, people wanted to ask me, what do you feel? Isn't it great? And many supposed heroes who decided to act in 2018 were the same people in the industry in 2009 telling us now, now this is your fault. So it's all kind of frustrating to me. And then again, that's why, uh, and thank you, because I, I do hope that it's coming off as me as a parent, that I want my kids to be super strong in whatever they do, be really good at it, but also be fair, generous, respectful, all the things you learn in business school, <laughs> but make sure that if anything you see that shouldn't be happening, that you feel like you have the voice and you'll be the ones that has a voice for other people. And I think, Chris, that you're probably spot on with that because I see how you are. You use your voice. You're a strong woman, but also you make sure you showcase that you're a strong, powerful mom as well. So I think I think our kids are going to be OK. <laughs> I think so, too. And I think the bottom line of this is just inspiring our kids and the future generation to use their voice and not to be scared of what other people are going to say. And I think you really kind of paved the way for the fashion and modeling industry back in the day. And obviously people are benefiting from that as the movement has grown and we've made some progress, but obviously there still needs, there, there's a lot of work to be done still. And I really believe that our kids, I'm hoping that our kids are really going to be the ones that can actually make those changes happen. 
I mean, I could talk to you for hours. Like I didn't even go, get through half my questions, but I just <laughs> looked at the time and I'm like, oh my God, it's already been almost like 50 minutes. So Coco, I, I think we have to do a round two. I like, I, I have so many more things that I need to talk to you about, but if there is one thing that you could give advice to parents, because majority of people that listen to this podcast are parents or are thinking about becoming a parent, what kind of advice would you give them? I, I, I think specifically when I think of you, I, I think that I've always admired you as a model, but I think I've fallen more in love with you after you became a mom. And I think your career kind of really blossomed and it felt like it was a start of it. And I don't know, maybe you have some advice for parents out there specifically that are kind of scared to, to have kids or like if their careers will stop. Like, do you have any advice for them? Well, I remember someone telling me this older lady and she was like, can I give you some advice? And I know when you're pregnant, your first time, you're like, oh my goodness, I've heard this so much. And it's like overwhelming how much advice you can get. And she was like, take no one's advice. And I have since then always heard that in my head, because what she was trying to say is there is no one way to do this thing called parenting. Mm. If it's right for you and your kids are happy, the only thing that matters is are they happy? Are they loved? then you're doing it right. So I think that there's so many books out there. There's so many, there's so much information and, and it always comes from a good place, but it can also be overwhelming and feels so consuming that to the point where you go, I don't even know how to start. So don't feel like you have to give up on yourself to have kids. That's the other thing. I think a lot of parents think once you're a mom, you're done. Like that's it. Your life is done. But that's not a good example even for them too. for children to see like once you have kids that you are just prospering and it's because of them and because of your relationship with them, it's just it's going to go up to the stars and beyond. They're going to appreciate that and learn from that for their, their you know, hopefully potential of having their own families. So your kids need uh, you to keep up with yourself. They need you to be happy, fulfilled. You're pretty much their number one example. And I, I think uh, a lot of people miss that. They think that their entire life should be only their children, which that is my life. Like it is. When, if you ask me, what is your first and foremost thing that you are excited to do in the day? Or like, what is work to you? I'm like, I love being a parent. That is my favorite thing. And everything around it is just noise. As a model, it's fun, but it's not the most important thing. As a business owner, it's fun, but it's not what I have to think about day and day. The most important thing is being a parent. But because of that, I want to show them the best example they can have. So yes, all this around does matter because it showcases what they potentially can be and do. So it's fun doing it all. It's insane, like insane. And I know you know that, but uh, I think that I would not have it any other way. Such incredible advice. This is, I don't know, music to my ears. I needed to hear that myself. Where can people find you if they want to, I mean, obviously they most likely already follow you, but where can they find more about you and also maybe your businesses as well? You can find me on Instagram, Coco Rocha, TikTok, Coco Rocha. And then of course, uh, if you're interested about uh, the model camp we were discussing on Instagram, Coco Rocha model camp, and as well as the website. But uh, you will find me around. And I just want to say thank you for this opportunity and everything you do. I mean, I am always and so impressed in Bumo in what you've done. And I sound like, like I'm like giving you a love fest. Oh, but thank you. There's a, a lot of, uh, a lot in fashion 
And sometimes I feel like people lose themselves or the direction they were planning on going, but I feel like you've always known the direction you wanted to do and wanted to go. Not that necessarily you knew you were going to do Bumo, but you saw an opportunity, you saw like there's something missing and I think this is what we need to do. And you didn't just make it stay as an idea, but it actually went through on paper and physical. So you're you're an amazing mommy. Oh, uh, Coco, I need you to like be in California with me so I could hear this every day. <laughs> well, I am trying to get myself out there one day. I would love to move to California. Well, you and I better. need to talk because we're trying to open up a Bumo in New York. So talk. yeah, we need to talk. We'll talk okay. offline. So, okay. all right. Thank you, Coco. This is amazing. Okay, bye. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and it would mean the world to me if you took a second to rate, review, and follow. It really is the best way to support the show and don't forget to head over to our Instagram for more parenting tips and inspiration at Bumo Parent. And if you guys are looking for high quality virtual education for your little ones ages one through seven years old, make sure to check out at Bumo Brain on Instagram or go to www.bumobrain.com. We have a wide range of topics that your little ones will surely get so excited about from Dr. Kid to Chef Math to our foreign language program. We have all sorts of languages. Forbes called Bumo Brain the classroom of the future and it really is the best platform for early learners. Go to www.bumobrain.com to learn more.